We'll read those articles together. If you'd like to read along, you can find it on page uh, 500 in the book of praise. The Belgic Confession, Article 6, the difference between the canonical and apocryphal books. We distinguish these holy books, and that's the list that's given in chapter, uh, Article 4, we distinguish these holy books from the apocryphal, namely 3 and 4 Esdras, Tobit, Judith, Wisdom, Ecclesiasticus, Baruch, Additions to Esther, the Prayer of Azariah, and the Song of the Three Young Men in the Furnace, Susanna, Bell and the Dragon, the Prayer of Manasseh, and First and Second Maccabees. The church may read and take instruction from these so far as they agree with the canonical books. They are, however, far from having such power and authority that we may confirm from their testimony any point of faith or of the Christian religion much less may they be used to detract from the authority of the holy books. Concerning the sufficiency of Holy Scripture, we believe that this Holy Scripture fully contains the will of God and that all that man must believe in order to be saved is sufficiently taught therein. The whole manner of worship which God requires of us is written in it at length. It is therefore unlawful for anyone even for an apostle, to teach otherwise than we are now taught in Holy Scripture. Yes, even if it be an angel from heaven, as the apostle Paul says in Galatians 1 verse 8. Since it is forbidden to add or to take away anything from the Word of God, Deuteronomy 12 verse 32, it is evident that the doctrine thereof is most perfect and complete in all respects. We may not consider any writings of men, however holy these men may have been, of equal value with the divine scriptures, nor ought we to consider custom, or the great multitude, or antiquity, or succession of times and persons, or councils, decrees, or statutes, as of equal value with the truth of God since the truth is above all. For all men are of themselves liars and are lighter than a breath, Psalm 62, verse 9. We therefore reject with all our heart whatever does not agree with this infallible rule. As the apostles have taught us, test the spirits to see whether they are from God, 1 John 4, verse 1. Likewise, if anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. 2 John 1 verse 10. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in the construction industry there is a handy piece of equipment called a laser level, which emits a bright red laser beam that is then used as a standard for a straight line that you can use to ensure that your, your walls are straight or your hanging tiles are level. And when the wall doesn't line up neatly with the laser beam, there are only two possibilities. 
Either the way that light travels suddenly changed that day and your laser is wrong, or the wall is not straight. And not even the most stubborn and proud construction worker will attempt to argue that his workmanship is to be trusted more than that light beam. We confess that the Bible is a lot like that laser level because it sets a standard and measure to reveal what is good, morally pure, divine truth. The gospel message is that the truth of God's word is able to guide us in this life so that we know what to do. We know how to answer questions and to respond to challenges that we face. God has given us a straight line or a a laser level for the regulation and foundation and confirmation of our faith. And the rule is simple. Agree with God's word or be wrong. If someone asks you if a custom or a writing or a decision should be followed or adopted, we simply need to ask if it agrees with what is taught in the scriptures. And we don't confess that all human writings are useless for the Christian life. We don't say no creed but the Bible. But rather we confess that they can be useful if they agree with the scriptures. No creed that does not agree with the Bible. And the gospel message that I proclaim to you today is that God is with us by his spirit who leads us in the truth through the Holy Scripture. We'll see that his, I I preach to you then, agree with God's word and you will walk in his truth. We'll see that his word is the manual for teaching human beings, the measure for testing human writings, and the means for transforming human hearts. We confess the Bible is necessary and sufficient and authoritative and a clear manual for life. It has an exclusive place of authority in all matters pertaining to the Christian faith since it is given to us directly from God. There is no other manual that can be of equal value in your life for as we confess the truth of God is above all. We confess that the scriptures are the infallible rule. That means there's, there's nothing wrong. There's no mistakes in the scriptures. Infallible rule against which nothing can be alleged. The Bible is true and it is sufficient and it is perfect and it is complete in all respects. Because it is the work of the perfect God himself, the Holy Spirit. A person will be able to walk and live their their whole lives as the children of the truth if the only manual they ever read and study in their lives was the Bible. And we believe that these scriptures fully contain the will of God. That means God tells us how he made us and what he made us to do in this life. He assures us that there is good and there is evil. There is the right way to live your life and there is a a way that is harmful to you, a wrong way to live your life. And that peace can only be found when we live according to his will. And so the gospel is that when you wake up in the morning, you never have to wonder, 
how you should live your life or what kind of attitude you should show to the people around you. In this way, the Bible is like an instruction manual that reveals to you what your body and what your soul are for and how to react to people and to the things around you that you will see that day. The theme for the school uh, next door, the Parkland Emanuel Christian School, is Micah 6, verse 8, and we also read that this morning. It shows very clearly that the Bible shows us God's will. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of us but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? And 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18, also gives clear instructions about the will of God. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The Bible reveals the will of God. The Bible also reveals what we need to believe in order to be saved from the punishment, the condemnation against our sins. The Bible reveals that all people are under the, the severe curse of God for their sins against Him. And in order to be saved from this condemnation, they must believe in the triune God's saving work, which is clearly revealed and explained for us in the Holy Scriptures. The entire Bible is a gospel, is a good news announcement, so that when the Holy Spirit works the truth of the Scripture into the hearts of its hearers, that Spirit uses the word to cut to the hearts of all those who hear the word. And the Spirit drives us through His word to repent and to believe in Jesus Christ. And we saw that this morning already in Acts 2, verse 37. The way to restored peace with God is clearly revealed both for those who leave the darkness and, and just come into the light recently, and also for those who are already believers and who are living in the light. The Bible is like a manual telling human beings what they need to believe in order to be saved and what they need to do every day of their lives. And that is why it's so important that this Bible is preached continually and faithfully as we read in 2 Timothy 4. God himself instituted offices, instituted offices of Levites and priests in the Old Testament to explain the laws and to explain the ceremonies to the people. God commanded that elders in the church today have to be able to teach. And the Apostle Paul exhorted the servants of God to preach the word. And so by calling the scriptures sufficient in our confession, we make it clear that we are not claiming that there are no other human writings that are valuable to us. The Bible is able to reveal everything that we need to know for this life and for the life to come. And yet some, since some parts of it may be hard to understand for us in the different situations of life, we also profit from further interpretations and explanations. And God even instituted offices so that we may receive this, both preached and written. 
The Bible is a manual for teaching human beings, and the gospel message is served by the human writings that faithfully reflect its truth, but do not detract from its authority. The only question then is, since we have the Bible, since we have a, a body of writing around it, how do we know what is profitable for us? We'll see that in our second point, the measure for testing human writings. And we go to the first verses of 1 John chapter 4. They tell us to, the Lord tells us to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And that those verses we read, they give us some important guidelines to help us distinguish the truth of God from lies and falsehood. 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 19 to 22 explain in a similar way, do not quench the spirit, do not despise the prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. The warning of the Holy Scriptures is that we should not believe everything that we hear. We should not follow every teacher who claims to know something. We should test every teaching, every human writing to see whether it is from God. Now some human writings have been treated as holy books of equal value and authority to the rest of scriptures. Our confession deals with some of these books when it gives the list of the apocryphal books that are still used by many churches and included among their list of the holy books of the Bible. The word apocryphal means hidden and applies to the books listed in Article 6 because their origins are unknown and the church has, as a result, removed them from public use. These 15 books listed in our confession impart many wise sayings, wisdom and ecclesiasticus. They impart historical facts from the 400 years before Jesus' birth, the book of 1st Maccabees especially, and a little bit also 2nd Maccabees. And they also tell stories of faithful Jews who displayed righteousness in the years preceding and during and after the exile. And all the rest of the books in the list fit in that last category. Maybe you can compare it to the category of historical fiction. These books and these sections of other Old Testament books were always very easily distinguished from the actual Old Testament because they were originally written in a different language. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. These books were written in Greek. However, problems arose when a translation of the Old Testament was, was made into Greek and the books were all mixed in together. And for several centuries, all the books were treated together with the Old Testament as God's Word. Things improved slightly when a Definitive Latin translation was made, a little bit of church history for you, but we're talking about 400 after Christ's death. There was a, a translation made, and the, the translator took all the apocryphal books, and he took them out separately, and he made a separate section just for those books so that he, people could see that they were, they were different. But the teaching in these books continued to influence 
positions for many centuries after the, the whole teaching of purgatory that some churches teach comes out of those apocryphal books or the, the film that you may have seen or heard about at some point many years back, The Passion of Christ. It, it talks about Christ, but it's built up on a lot of the sayings and facts that are taken from these books. But when that question then arose, what to do with these apocryphal books that had become so special to so many people, the church had to make a decision. And that's that public confession that we read together this afternoon. Would they be treated as holy books, equal to the Bible, or just as regular literature? And that's what they decided. They would just be regular literature, like you would treat any history book, any ancient narrative, any historical fiction. The church understands that the Bible stands alone. And following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we understand that we must keep the Bible separate from every other human writing and then use the Bible as a laser level or a measure to decide what is true and what is not true. And so the church confesses that we may read and take instruction from these so far as they agree with the canonical books. Now you may be wondering, who cares? I've never read an apocryphal book in my life. I don't even know why it's here and why we're talking about it. But it's very important to understand the principle behind this. Because there continue to be human writings, human teaching that are claiming for themselves revelation from God. Already early in the church, there were books that were written, and they were called Gospels, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Peter, and they were adding in some details about the life of Jesus that they said the Bible had, had missed or forgotten. Again, the church applied the principle, there is one word of God, and every other writing it has to be measured compared to that Word of God. Well, today, we face the same thing. We face the same thing when people tell you a truth. They tell you a scientific fact. They say the, the earth is, is millions of years old. It's, it's a scientific theory that's presented as a fact. And they want you to place that theory above God's Word. It's a truth claim. Now what do we do with that? Or you might run across people who tell you about dreams that they had. God was guiding them through dreams. Or, or people are saying that God is revealing things to me through my feelings. I know it's from the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to follow that, that Spirit's inner guiding no matter what the Bible says. And so today again, and this is literature that a lot of us can read still today, even new books, books published in, in 2020, that claim to be revelation from God. So what do we do with all this? Our confession guides us in the truth of 1 John 4. Test the spirits to see if they are from God. Hold every truth claim beside the measure, the laser level of God's word. And then you see other influences that try to take the place of Scripture 
in your life. Sometimes it's the culture we live in. Cultures that ignore the sanctity of marriage or the sanctity of, of human life. Or church cultures that focus on divisions rather than unity. Those cultures can influence us to sin against God's word so that that cultural expectation has more say in our life than the word of God. Other times, we are convinced by the antiquity of an idea. Antiquity, you can see it related to the word antique. It's something very, very old. Or we are enthralled by the newness of an idea. Or we were impressed by the amount of people who hold to an idea. So that we even maybe choose a church or a practice without even considering what God's word says about what is being taught. Well, the scriptures make a person wise. Biblical wisdom is a lot different than academic intelligence. And so in all these different situations, whether it be books, whether it be claims for truth, whether it is that people say, well, everybody is doing this, why can't we? The answer is the same. God in his grace has given you a laser level. No human teaching, no human writing, no human person can be placed on the same level as the scriptures. And whoever disagrees with the scriptures is not walking in the truth. We don't want to deny the Holy Spirit by turning away from his word. And the gospel message of Jesus Christ is that there is no censorship of human writings in the Christian church. That means there's no rule that says you can't read that, you can't listen to that, you can't think about that. In fact, it's very interesting that by after giving a, a list of all those books that are not Scripture, we confess you can read and you can take instruction from this material. By affirming the superior value and the highest authority of the Bible, we do not reject and disparage all human writings. We do not confess that the Bible teaches us to put our blinders on and, and ignore everything else. Christians are not ignorant biblicists. And in the confidence of faith, we do not deny that we can be instructed and we can be informed by all kinds of literature that is not the Bible. We acknowledge that the Holy Spirit was guiding his church long before we were born. We also believe that creeds and confessions not only protect the church against heresies by gathering together texts from scriptures, but they also serve to express the unity of the faith of believers all over the world. They're very helpful tools for instruction of the youth and converts to the Christian faith. Since no one can live life without a creed, even if that creed is that they believe there should be no creeds, it's very helpful for everyone if the creed, the confession, is written down and open to public investigation. That's how we evaluate every human writing. We need to ensure that our creed, that our confession, comes 
out of Scripture. It's something that, that falls out from underneath the Word of God that repeats the same truth. And that it is not trying to be equal to it or even above the Scripture. The Bible is the laser level. And every claim for truth must be tested up against it as every generation studies and learns and evaluates the conclusions of the years before. We do not preach a gospel of censorship, but a gospel of freedom because God has given us His Word, His Spirit, and we trust in the Holy Spirit. And the scriptures that we have in our hands serve as a manual for human beings and a measure to test human writings are being used by God's Spirit to transform our hearts. And that's the big difference between the Bible and a laser level. A laser level only tells you whether something is straight or not. But it can't do anything to make it better. After revealing the truth and allowing you to test the spirits to see if they are from God, the Bible is able to guide you into the straight line, into the truth where you can find peace with your Creator. The Bible is profitable for your life. It is sufficient for the daily foundation of your lives. God, the Holy Spirit, transforms hearts through the reading, through the study, through the, the preaching of God's Word. In 2 John verse 2, we see how that truth transforms us. The truth leads us to love others, to obey God's commandments. The Holy Spirit is using your confession of the authority of scriptures and its truth to change you, to mold you into his children so that you may share in the full reward of having both the Father and the Son as we read in 2 John 8. And so we confess that the whole manner of worship which God requires of us is written in the Holy Scripture at length. That Instruction is not just a description, but it is instruction that actually leads us to want to worship God according to His Word. The Scriptures reveal, first of all, that worship is spiritual. It is sincere. It is Scripture-centered. It is genuine. It is much more than just lip service. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Scripture is the means that the Spirit uses to prepare your heart for worship. Your relationship to God can only be strengthened by living according to His Word. And then we see how important it is to measure all things with the Word to ensure that you are in God's truth. The Holy Spirit guides you through this Word. John Jesus says in John 4 that God is seeking true worshipers who worship Him in spirit and truth. God is seeking true worshipers. And those true worshipers flock to His Word to be exactly 
as he describes. Now, although it is not often spoken of in our circles, where our worship services are kept very simple and very Bible-focused, when churches who have adopted very liberal worship practices seek to return to the Scriptures, they speak very passionately about the regulative principle of worship. When I lived in Brazil, everybody knew that young, very young people, there's young people here this afternoon again, the old people, everybody knew this, the words, the regulative principle of worship. And what that means is that all your worship has to be determined by the Scriptures. And that is exactly what we confess to be true. Our worship services must be biblical. They must proclaim the Bible. They must repeat what the Bible says. Our hearts can only be transformed through worship that is Bible-centered. And it's only when our Bibles are open that we are able to be led by the Spirit in faithful worship, whether it's in your homes or whether it's in your, your worship, your corporate worship. And so we pray, especially in this time of questions about what a worship service must have and all the restrictions that are in place, we pray that we as God's people may remain guided by the Scriptures in our worship of God. 1 John 4 verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Remember this very simple instruction. If what you hear or if what you are reading is not in agreement with the Word of God, such information, such material is just information about the ideas and the beliefs of people who do not live in peace with God. But if what you hear is in agreement with the Word of God, it can be profitable for you for walking and for abiding in the truth. And that command is not just given to pastors and to spiritual leaders, but to all the members of God's congregation. Because we know it. We will read many things. There will be many films that we might watch. There are many, many things that we might hear, whether it's from co-workers or from intelligent university professors. You will have to make many decisions in your lives. You have many questions and many challenges. And the gospel is you are not alone. God is with you by His Spirit who dwells in your heart for Christ's sake. And that Spirit is guiding you through this Word, the laser level. It teaches you not only what is good, what is not good, but also is used by the Spirit to shape and to transform your very hearts so that you may be equipped to worship God in spirit and in truth every moment of your lives. God's word is truly sufficient for all of our lives. Amen. We'll sing together now of the special privilege of those who receive God's revelation. Psalm 147, stanza 6, and we'll sing that standing if you're able to stand.